American Outdoor News, and today we're here with Greg McHale from Greg McHale's Wild Yukon. Thanks for coming out. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Now, you started out as a professional athlete. Yeah, my well, my sport. I've actually had you know a fairly eclectic career as a. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the athletic world, yeah, um, you know, I started out as a kid in Ontario playing hockey. You're not far from you're not far from where I grew up. Just a just a stone's throw across the border there. Sure. And um, you know, in that part of the world, hockey is a pretty big thing. Yes, it is. So that's where I grew up, and then you know, I moved out to the Yukon post university and started you know started hunting and also started. Uh, my athletic career after hockey, and, which was uh, adventure racing. That's really kind of like extreme racing. It's it's definitely a different um, you know different style of racing compared to you know, the traditional sports where I grew up. You know, adventure racing consists of you know team sport of typically four people, and the distances would be between. 400 and 1,000 kilometers, what that translates to miles. Um, like 315 or something like that. Yeah, so kind of long, you know, long endurance sports that are, um, yeah, basically comprised of biking, paddling, and running, all map and compass navigation, no GPSs, and, you know, cross country, you know, over top of that mountain and kind of straight line. And I did that all over the world for almost 10 years at uh, kind of the, the highest level. And it was great fun. Now, what made you move to the Yukon? I left Ontario like just in search of adventure. I don't know that I didn't necessarily have a particular goal other than I knew I needed to be in the mountains. Yeah. And I knew I needed to be in wild places. And in, our, than that. <laughs> and in our country, there's definitely, there's no other place that is wilder than that. You know, even growing up in Ontario, the, the Yukon is just so far out there that we really knew very little about it. So when I, I brought the idea back to my girlfriend at the time and my wife now, in university, she was kind of like, where, where's the Yukon? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, you know, back then it was a little bit research in the, in the library. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm dating myself. Google. No Google back then. No, uh, <laughs> some library research and we actually told our parents that we were moving to Alberta uh, to the mountains because we didn't want to tell them we were going to the Yukon because they would have been like, come on, what are you really thinking here? <laughs> so that's how it started. It was just really the search for wild places this these true natural environments. Now, your whole life was a transition going up there. Did you buy a house? Did you have to build a cabin? I mean, yeah. what was it like transitioning to the Yukon? Yeah, no, it was, it was very... Um, I think that back then it was an opportunity to start a new life that was that would have been actually easier than trying to buy a house in, you know, in southern Ontario and trying to get a policing job. And, yeah. You know, there's and, and it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't the place Ontario that we wanted to be. And then, so it wasn't that hard. We didn't. We started you know rented. We went there with nothing. 
Yeah. You know, actually we went there with her car. I didn't own one. And whatever was in it. And whatever was in it, I had, I, had a, I, had, I owned a canoe and a kayak. And those are the two things, you know, and some backpacks and camping gear. That's what I brought to the team. Some fishing poles, <laughs> maybe a rifle. Yeah, and that was it. We just worked away, made a made a life for ourselves, and now we have, you know, we have two two children, seven and ten. Wow. Uh, my parents, in fact, have moved to the Yukon, kind of kind of following us, and my dad being very outdoors. You know, minded person, and, and that's how I got introduced to it in Ontario. Whether it was fishing, and I used to get a pile of fishing holidays yeah. uh, from school. So that's kind of where where my love of the outdoors started. It's great to have my parents, you know, both my mom and dad, that live right near us. It's always good to have your family yeah. close by. So how does that transition into the TV show? Well, the I've always hunted. Like since a, since I was a teenager, I've been hunting, and it's always been part of my life. One of my first jobs in the Yukon was as a packer. So I wasn't, you know, I started out in in the mountains with an outfitter. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about horses, so that was out. Um, I applied for a job with almost every outfitter that was in the Yukon when I first got there because I wanted to be, you know, I just wanted to live in the mountains. So I applied to everybody and I got turned down by everybody because I was this kid from Ontario that knew nothing about Nothing about hunting in the mountains. Nothing, right. Nothing about packing a horse and you know but what I did have was tenacity. And one day I was I wasn't leaving the Yukon and I had started working at this at this store. At this actually as a uh, clothing store. And this guy walked in with a camouflage jacket. This is after I'd been turned down by every outfitter out there in the Yukon. <laughs> this guy walks in with a camouflage jacket, and I said, I need to talk to this guy. So I started a conversation, and by the end of it, um, I was uh, I was on my way to head into the Mackenzie Mountains in the Northwest Territories. Wow! As a packer for you know for guys that bought hunts and. I spent most of my, uh, I flew into the bush, came out three months later, and I did. Sure your wife loved that. And it, yeah, it was it was hard, but she's you know an amazingly supportive woman right from the start, and obviously that's carried on through our whole life. We've been married for 23 years. So why not? <laughs> so your show encompasses not just going on. Hunting trip and taking an animal and tracking and whatnot. It really encompassed the whole lifestyle. Yeah. So that's after a adventure racing as a professional. Like so, I, I guided for one year and then I realized that there's not enough money in the guiding world for the aspirations that I have. Yep. Um, not that. And it's not a full-time gig, and I would have had to travel around and leave my, you know, my girlfriend for extended periods of time. Extended periods of time, which was not what I wanted to do. So I kind of cut my teeth at the sharp end of the hunting world, but left that 
that for a job to, you know, I was in criminology at university and, and college before that, and so I followed my that career path. I was a police officer for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Okay. For as a you know professional career, for lack of a better term. And, you got to do something. <laughs> and so during this period, I started adventure racing, and that became you know the passion. And I left the RCMP to then pursue the athletic career of adventure racing. Um, Kind of post, post during the tail end of my adventure racing, I wanted to bring and hunting had always been part of my life. Sure. I wanted to bring my passion for the hunt and my passion for adventure racing out together. And you know, around a campfire one night, the, the plan was hatched to produce a television show. And that's a bold move. And put those two things together and see how the world. You know, the world perceives it, and that's what you know, we're now into season seven of the show. Yeah. It's yeah. been it's been an amazing journey, but that's the style of hunting. This is about strong, yeah, pushing your pushing the human body. Um, you know, going further, faster, longer than than most. But I'm, it's not about comparing myself to others. It's about what I need for me. Yeah. And when you can put the two passions that you have together... So you're an adrenaline junkie. That, that's the end of the story. You're an adrenaline junkie and you found a way to make a living being an adrenaline junkie. I... I, I yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you're, you're a pilot, so... Yeah. So you fly into a remote spot, you hike into the woods, 20, 30, 40 miles, you do your hunt, go to like a concert or something, I take a picture of the section that I park my car in <laughs> with my cell phone. Yeah. How do you find your plane? <laughs> <laughs> well there here comes the map and compass navigation part too, right? So I'm I'm so comfortable in the mountains and in these I spent a lifetime doing it. Like I'd be yeah. more uncomfortable trying to find my car than than my airplane that's yeah. maybe twenty miles away. Um, but you know, obviously with modern technology too now, you can you know GPS your sure. your your backpack whether you leave it on the side of the side of a mountain. And, but before all of this technology, we just had to do these things with the map and compass and Old your school. and your ability to identify different train features and understand okay and, and still all of these even with technology you don't know what you're you know what you're going to get into when you walk 20 miles whether it's going to be bog and how thick the bush is going to be how much alder you're going to have to deal with and these are all nuances of a lifetime in the outdoors that is just second nature when you live like walking down you know through new york city to you is just second nature. Where me, I come to Vegas, and it's like, whoa! I, I try to navigate my way around this, you know, the shop show, and it's like, this is not, this is not second nature. So I built, I built the skill in the outdoors over over a lifetime that, you know, is just, it's it's just there. It's innate. 
So you go home, you have the northern lights, you come here, you have the Vegas lights. <laughs> and it's similar. You know, the interesting thing is, is that it is similar in a completely different way. Yep. But there but a guy like me comes here and looks around and goes, Wow. Like this is the first thing that comes to my mind is like, this is crazy. Yep. Um, but I think that you know somebody from that lives here could equally come to the Yukon and s sit outside in the complete solitude and quiet and look up at the northern lights and go, wow, this is crazy. Nope. It's, it's, no, yeah, the, it's the way you The way you do things, I, I think people can really learn from the way you navigate the woods, the way you track and stalk uh, uh, an animal those skills were lost with technology and the way people hunt today. I brought up, I was brought up in the spot and store. Now everybody's in the tree stand. They're a point. Um, that's just your way of life. You grab your compass and say, okay, I'm going in here. Now I gotta come out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where our show seems to resonate with, with the purest. Um, we tried. Obviously, I use all modern technology, but we try to try to push and be more traditional in a manner that is respected to the animal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, aviation and allows me to get back into deeper places where you know most most people can't can't get to, and then. That's where I find the most solitude and gratitude for, for the pursuit and for the end. A lot of people don't understand what peaceful is. So, what do you want people to take away from watching your show? If, if, I, could, if I could provide anything to people, there's, there's, a, there's a number of things. It's, because I'm fitness is such a huge part of my life and there's you know the three things the pillars that I always look to is is health and how important that is to you know to everybody and it's often lost in the ease of life and how everything is at our fingertips and we're not forced to to move so you have to seek seek that health and that movement and that's where I find it in the wild places. Yeah. And if you if if that works for you, just you know get outside and go for a walk and just to, to look at nature and appreciate, you know, even if it's in the city, appreciate that duck on a pond that you're walking past. So it's 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 encapsulated in, in health. Get out, move your body and if you can do it in the natural environment, you're gaining not just the healthy aspect of it, but you know the, the appreciation for, for nature. You get to you know, sitting in a stand, you get to see the woods come alive. And and that's what I really like to to do. I hope people when they watch my program, they see me pushing myself physically and mentally in the natural environment. Though they don't have to do it in the same way I do, but if they could, if I could articulate how important that is and how rewarding it is. Um, I would love for people to be able to uh, draw those two linkages. Now, the next one being family. 
relationships. And the relationships and the family environment. When I take my son, who's, you know, he was seven years old on his first sheep with my 76-year-old father. Wow. And the three of us together are, you know, navigating these environments that are, you know, most, most people would consider very inhospitable a yeah. lot of the times, but can, but they're also very beautiful. And the three of us doing this, doing these together, and working toward a common goal, which in these situations are getting my father a sheep. So I, I get to see a little boy becoming a man, and and an old older gentleman needing to rely on his seven-year-old grandson. Yeah. And these experiences that we as hunters have in the outdoors, in the family, now it might not be hunting sheep, but it could be just sitting around a campfire. True. And these experiences that where we actually just have to sit in front of each other like you and I and have conversations when our cell phone is not going off and it's it's connecting to nature and connecting to one another. Yep. I think that those relationships that are built through hunting and through wild places are ones that all of us as hunters, when we when we do these things, we're connecting to each other on a different level. Yeah. And that's what makes hunting so special. Sure. Because the day-to-day -day life often doesn't provide that. Even you know, sitting around with your family during at Christmas, you know, there's noise, there's music, there's you know, sure you're using these opportunities to get together, but it's not like what the wild places can provide. Absolutely. And then you know, it's my other pillar is you know you need to be able to work hard um, to be able to afford things in life. And if you not if you don't have to worry about finances, which we all have to worry about, sure. but, but it's about working hard toward a goal. And if the goal, if you have your health and you have your family and you have those relationships around you, not just family but friends. You have those relationships around you that are great, taken care of. Then it becomes, how do I, if, how do I build, um, you know, my wealth on a on a different side so I can help other people? And I think that that's where, um, you know, I have a number of different businesses, and I've been very fortunate. I've worked really hard, and now I can utilize, you know, like a platform to whether it's motivate or help people move forward in their life to know that you can sure. and and it, it's it's not it's not a, a mountain or how do you climb that mountain you take one step and move forward yep. and yeah but hard work is the key and I think that in our again in our generations the generation is coming up and not to bag on you know the younger generation but to be taught those fundamentals of work and work ethic will get you really far, especially now yep. when it is not the norm. When there's when the expectation is if you're a, if you're a young man or woman that you and you look at life like I shouldn't expect anything to be given to me and you have that attitude, you are going to dominate. Yep. And I'm really excited for those people who have the ability to to not 
believe that the world owes them something. And when they, because those people are going to be the next leaders of this world. Yep. 100%. So where can we find the show? Everything is, uh, you know, Greg McHale's Wild Yukon, the show, Sportsman Channel. And uh, I highly recommend check us out on the Sportsman Channel. Obviously, we're out there on, uh, you know, digital as well. And but everything is, you know, Instagram, all our social is Greg McHale's Wild Yukon. Whether it's okay. Facebook or digital, check us out there. So on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Take a look, check it out. You're gonna enjoy it. Thanks again. Appreciate your time. And you heard it here at American Outdoor News. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.